Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm delighted to be joined today by Tish Hamilton. Hello, Tish. Hi, Sarah. I'm so glad to be here today. Yeah, it has been a while. I really don't know what's going on with you. I, I was like, oh, I'll check on Instagram. And there wasn't anything, you know, really there. <laughs> so. so you just have to hear words instead of seeing pictures. <laughs> I will. I will. So um, I don't know. How's running been going? Have you gotten to see your boyfriend um, who lives in Savannah? About what? How many miles is that from you? 800? 1,000? It is it is a hundred and I know that because I drove it a couple of weeks ago to oh. go down and spend a week at his place. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you know, drove myself back in one day. So and I was quite proud oh, of boy. myself. It was an endurance feat. Oh it's sure. so, I feel the same way about big road trips. And I'm just like, yeah, I can do this, man. I'm gonna like pace myself with like have a special drink or a treat at a certain, you know. Oh snacks. Yeah, snacks, snacks all the way. I had all my snacks. I had and they were like crunchy snacks to keep me awake. So I had carrot sticks and celery sticks and popcorn and grapes and and then I had like um, you know, dark chocolate peanut butter cups and you know, you, you have to like um uh, ration them. Right? Yes, of course. And keep them in a cool spot so that, you know, that doesn't become this mess all over the stairs. an hour, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally, totally. And then like, I can make like one perfect um, beverage last for so long. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I had, I, I, and for listening pleasure, I, um, I thought about listening to a book, but I was afraid it'd make me too sleepy. Cause that's my mm. biggest thing on road trips is that I get, I is oh, you know, getting yes. drowsy and worried yes. about that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had podcasts to, to keep me going. Um, oh, good. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. I take two. Um, I, um, will bite the inside of my mouth when I get tired. Yeah. So, uh, you know, bite, like bite the inside of my cheek or chew on my tongue to keep myself awake. Desperate measures. Yes. <laughs> Get out the pins, put the eyelids up. <laughs> so, but how long had it been since before that, that you had, hadn't seen him? Well, you know, I, I was thinking about this and, and it occurs to me, you had a long distance relationship with your husband when you guys were first dating. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes, you are. Good memory. Yes. Um, Jack lived in Chicago and I lived in San Francisco and, but gosh, that was um, pre 9-11. So we could, I mean, I, I one time used miles like in the Saturday morning, I was just like, oh, I miss you so much. I was on a plane just a few hours later having right. used miles to get on it. And did you guys do that for a couple of years? No, we, um, and I was a freelance writer, as you know, because you were sometimes my boss, uh, my assigning editor, uh, that uh, I, we started dating in the fall, so I guess November, and then because of my schedule and because I didn't have kids, I, um, in March, went out there and lived temporarily with him in Chicago, and then um, stayed out there for a while, and then... Um, he eventually moved, um, I guess, I guess he moved to San Francisco to be with me maybe 14 months after we started dating. I think maybe, yes, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I would live out there for long stretches of time, months on end. Yeah. It's nice to be able to do that. So Mm -hmm. that's, it's, you know, the pandemic has definitely thrown a wrench in the flying back and forth to visit Mm -hmm. each other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly where he lives. I mean, you know, South Carolina is a hot spot. 
Right, yeah. right. Savannah's yeah, in so Georgia, but yes. <laughs> yes, it is. As I said that, and I've even been to Savannah, Georgia. So uh, my apologies. Yes. That's okay. People do that all the time. <laughs> Georgia's a hot spot too. So how about I just said the wrong state? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is, and and that it, it's you know it's troubling. So um, when this first started happening, New Jersey, yeah. of course, was a hot spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came up here for a week and he was real nervous about coming up wow. here. And yeah. now the situation is reversed. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're both super careful and par- paranoid and careful. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, when I went, I, so I stayed with him for a week and, you know, we just, we did our runs with each other. We'd go to the grocery store occasionally all masked up and mm-hmm. just bring food back to the house. So we, you know, we weren't socializing. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it you know, it, it was pretty easy to to stay safe, even though it's still a little unnerving. Sure, uh, sure, yeah. You 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 weren't bar hopping until <laughs> you know the wee hours. <laughs> I I'm I'm like so on the opposite end. I'm like hyper paranoid. I get on people's nerves actually because <laughs> somebody gets like within twenty feet of me and I start going too close. <laughs> Uh, someone asked a woman got a little too close to me in conversation. She had just struck up a conversation with me when I was walking, um, from my car to go swimming at the pond where I go swimming and I had my towel around my neck. Uh And so I just, I didn't want to appear super antisocial. So I just very casually held my towel up to my face (laughs) as an air sex mask. (laughs) I just like, honestly, I was like, I'll just act real casual as I do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I live in, um, I live in a distant suburb of New York City. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, it, it's really easy for me to go out for a run or a walk without, um, without having to even, you know, cross the street to avoid people. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's just so few people walking around. So it, mm-hmm. it's, it's easy for me to, to stay physically distant. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, but such that when I'm in a place that's slightly more crowded, I start freaking out, like <laughs> probably a little bit too much, but, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As my, as my father would chime in right now, better safe than sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Oh my goodness. So well, I had a interesting workout, a uh, workout that didn't go as planned this morning. I, um, uh, so it's Wednesday, and since I've stopped, since I, I'm not on a training plan anymore now, I um, do either bike or swim on Wednesdays instead of running on Wednesdays, like I was doing when I was training for the marathon that wasn't. And so today I'm out there and having a good time, and suddenly I'm like, wow, it's like, what's that? Kukunk, kukunk, kukunk. And I get off my bike, and the back tire is just dead. There's not an ounce of air in it. Uh-oh, how and, far were you from home? Oh my gosh. Oh, I was um, five, six miles, seven miles. Yeah. Oh. And so, but I was also in this no man's land where there was, um, it, it's a bike path, but it's pretty remote. And there was like, um, not, ch- not chain link, I guess, yeah, that is called chain link fencing. Chain link fencing on one side of me and then on the other side of me, there's chain link fence. And then on the other side of that is a freeway. And oh so boy. I was like in basically like a tunnel um, because there was no escape from it. And I'm like, okay, if I go back that way, like, I don't know how I described to Jack where that is for him to pick me up. 
So I knew I was about a mile from um, the kind of the exit point and where a definite, I was like, okay, you meet me at this supermarket, you know, outside the supermarket. And so and then of course he didn't answer his phone and didn't answer his phone and didn't answer his phone again. Um, so finally he answered the phone and uh, not after I had texted Molly, I'm like, cause she doesn't work on Wednesdays. And I was like, any chance you could come pick me up? I got a flat tire. Um, because yes, I don't carry a patch kit. And even if I did, I don't know how to use it. <laughs> So, <laughs> I ride on the um, fingers crossed theory of biking. Um, so anyway, yeah, so he finally answered and then he came and picked me up. So, but I walked about a mile in my bike shoes. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Click, yeah. Click, 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 click. Oh, and then I thought, oh, I'm wearing them down. I'm wearing down the clips. I'm like, oh, come on. It's metal. Like it can sustain this. So, um, so we timed it almost perfectly. I got to the parking lot where I told him to meet me maybe, I don't know, two minutes before he got there. So it all worked out. I, f- I felt guilty asking him to come get me and to save me but it's so funny because in my mind he knew I was on a bike ride well of course he didn't because he wasn't up when I left and so I was like my answer I'm like hey can you come get me I got a flat tire and he's I'm telling him where I am and, da, da, da. and then he goes well which car I'm like which car what he's okay. like well, which car are you driving I'm like I'm not driving I'm on my bike <laughs> <laughs> well now this, this is my cue to say this is why running is so much better than riding a bike <laughs> Seriously. We don't get flat tires on our running <laughs> shoes now, do we? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I did, I did think that, um, and um, I did think it's better though than having a mishap while swimming. I was like, okay, a flat tire I can handle. Like I don't know, like, you know, um, that um, having a mishap while swimming can be literally deadly. So I, I was like, okay, in the big scheme of things, it's fine, it's fine. And and also it happened an hour into the ride, so I felt like I, I got my sweat on. You got your workout. <laughs> At least you got your workout in. <laughs> oh my gosh, and tell me, you don't know me very well if you think that that doesn't matter, but I know you do. So you're like, yes, sir, good move. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. I'm totally right there with you because otherwise you would have had to come back and do something else. Precisely. <laughs> Two peas in a pod, we are, Tish. <laughs> Wouldn't have counted if it was like on the first mile. <laughs> right, right. Quick, switch into running gear and go. <laughs> Is it too late to drive to the pond to go swimming? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes oh yes oh my goodness and I, I hope some people are relating as they listen to this <laughs> the crazy people are on the podcast today <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now they clue in they're like oh yeah Tish is that squeaker who gets into boston <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness well i'm gonna queue up our guest um because we're delighted to have her on for a third time on our show we are welcoming Alicia Montano. Um, and I have to say so much has changed for Alicia since the last time um, she was on. She um, still is the uh, 2012 Olympian and a seven-time U.S. champion in 800 meters. But goodness, since she was on the show, which was um, a little over two years ago, it was March of 2018, Alicia um, gave birth to her third child this past March. She co-founded an organization called And Mother. She launched a podcast called Keeping Track with two co-hosts. And she had a book called Feel Good Fitness published this spring. We have so much to talk about with Alicia. We'll get the conversation started after this break. You'll want to stay with us for sure. Welcome back, Alicia. We are so pleased to talk with you again. And you are such a busy woman. So thank you for making time. 
thank you so much for having me again. <laughs> so Alicia, you had a third child since you were on the podcast last time. Can you please remind us the ages of your adorable kids? Oh my goodness. Okay. My daughter, this is a quiz. Uh, <laughs> my daughter, Linnea, the big sissy, she is five. She's going to be six, um, August 15th. Mm -hmm. Um, very responsible. She's about to be a first grader, um, in this very strange time. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. my son is two and he's going to be three November 25th. Oh my gosh. Wait, when is your birthday, son? Oh my gosh. I actually, 24th. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm the best mom ever. I promise. <laughs> have a great time. Um, November 24th. And, <laughs> and I'm like still doing math on my fingers. He's going to be three then. And then my son, my newest addition, um, Lennox, he is five months on, on the 26th of this month. So in about four days. Mm-hmm. Which is exciting and crazy, but at the same time, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way. It, it yeah. does sound um, exciting and crazy. I'm sure your hands are full. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah. So, so tell us about how it's been coming back from a third pregnancy, um, and especially with your baby born, like pretty much right when the pandemic lockdown was, was happening in, in California. Oh my gosh. Um, it's a lot. I would say, I mean, how much time do we have? <laughs> There's so many different stages to what I've gone through. Um, with this third pregnancy, that's been completely different. I mean, one, even before having my son and being pregnant with him, I was, it just was a lot um, harder for me this time. And I've had relatively good pregnancies like my daughter was pretty much oh what's the big deal with pregnancy what's the problem and then the second one was like oh okay I can't really run that long uh <laughs> that far <laughs> about halfway through it's so different from my first one but I could do strength work like a ton of it and I had fine I still had energy and woo, labor was really quick and it, quicker than I even expected we got to the hospital and he was born in 30 minutes and I was like oh boy uh, I get what you guys were saying. I'm glad we're here. <laughs> um, and then my, with pregnant with Lennox, there was just so much going on, you know, it's just like the whole thing everybody knows now about losing contracts and trying to pursue a career and having my husband now going to work full time when he was doing freelance while I was doing the full time. And it was just a lot to kind of balance all of that out, um, with pregnancy. And then I was going into work with my pregnancy, like going, working in marketing and, um, I was just a lot and not as much time was I being able to be spent on training all the little things I do with physical therapy, you know, it was like fitting it in wherever I could fit in on my commute to work on the thing back mm. and then lunch break runs and all that stuff. And so it was hard, um, it, anyways, in the beginning and I was coming back from a hip flexor injury training that way, obviously sitting down, getting up and training really hard. I was running really fast. Um, it's just not the things that I, I wasn't able to do the things that I could do as a professional athlete, which is so funny, like being <laughs> a, like this level of athlete that I am and not really being able to call myself a professional because it's not like mm. what you're being paid to do as a profession. Mm -hmm. It's just so strange to, and mind blowing for me because of choosing motherhood and you know, mm -hmm. it's just, uh, anyways, this is why we started the organization and mother, cause we need to just make sure that women's 
choices are not uh, that, you know, corporations and businesses are not choosing for us. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the middle of that, you know, too, I ended up getting my medals and going to Doha with all three. Well, I was pregnant with Lennox and I had, you know, Linnea and Aster and we had this whirlwind 48 hour it was 72 hours. I'm sorry. I've got an extra day. Um, fought for it <laughs> to get to Doha and retrieve these medals I should have gotten. And then, you know, I had uh, placenta previa where I couldn't run for four weeks. Um, luckily uh, it kind of cleared, but then it had sciatica from like not being able to do that much. Um, you know, like it was just kind of crazy. And then at the end of my pregnancy, I started to come around to fitness, which is weird. It's the complete opposite of what I've done with all of my pregnancies. Um, and so coming out of it, I really had this like idea of, oh, this is going to be so good. My daughter's going to be in elementary school. Astra's going to be at four school four times a week. I can spend this amount of time doing rehab and resetting the way I need to. And then COVID, it, my son was born right in the middle of all of it. I didn't, my mom was here when he was born. So I did have that week. And then it was like maybe three weeks later and that she was going to come back. And it was like three weeks later, it was like lockdown. And then I didn't see my family till my mom specifically to help or anything for till May, um, mm. just out of concern for her health and making sure, you know, all my, and my family's health and everything like that. And we finally made, you know, after we did a visit with Lennox, we made the decision to, um, just make sure like we were already being when we still are very you know like we were minimal risk very very minimal grunting I mean um ordering groceries and things like that and I was actually a little bit obsessive in the beginning because I had no idea what this thing was like I'm like actually mm -hmm. looking back like wow you're a little crazy <laughs> like I would like Lysol the bags when I came and like or whatever yep like yep or leave it out for you know whatever the recommended time was every time it changed I'd be like they said 24 hours now they said 20 hours <laughs> um anyway and so that was hard I mean yeah. what is it like having a third baby it's totally different because like the circumstances and isn't just like physical that I haven't been able to spend the time on the physical side of things um so but on the other hand, and then all three kids are at home and we're homeschooling a kindergartner and really like, you know, um, co like concerned about her being able to enter into first grade and we didn't ruin it. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it was a lot of, it was a lot, but the other side of me is like very, um, I'm a very, I'm a fighter. <laughs> you know, we know about our instincts, fight or flight, and I'm definitely a fighter, but it, that doesn't mean that I don't feel the things that are so overwhelming and so stressful and unhappy and sad. I just like my like fight um, instinct takes over, which is like, you know, create an atmosphere of joy and happiness. And ultimately that does end up, you know, being at the forefront of what we're doing but then I'm a human and I'll go behind my doors and need my time to just like melt a little bit and then come back out and do mom, you know, the superhero mm -hmm. version of everybody's dreams, um, which is hard. It's hard and it's lonely to do it like that. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know another way. And I don't know if another way would be helpful for my family or myself. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say so much of that. I'm intrigued that you use the term fighter. Um, and then, then you also talked about joy because um, so much the joy that you derive from motherhood so comes through, particularly on social media. 
Like, I mean, you can't look at pictures or videos of you with your kids without just breaking into a big smile. <laughs> um, so it's really lovely. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so when you touched on um, a number of things in that answer that, that we're going to get to like, and mother and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, your, your fight for equity and things like that. And so, but let's start with your book. So um the timing of your book is ideal in a way because, you know, it seems to me you get to do the workouts as part of your postpartum recovery. There's also that so many people who can't go to the gym are hungry for simple yet effective body weight exercises. And we all need a bit more enjoyment in our lives these days. And and as I said in the introduction that your book is called Feel Good Fitness. So, So detail the moves in a way and the overarching theme of the book, please. Yes. Okay. So, Everybody, welcome to my TED Talk about my book, Feel Good Fitness. Um, <laughs> I have to send you you a copy as well, by the way. Um, oh, we got we got them. Oh, we got them. Okay, okay, um, okay. Just yep, make yep, sure. Yep. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. Thank you. So, one, just talking about the background of Feel Good Fitness and how it even started or became a thing. You know, I I didn't make the team in 2016. Various, you know, different things happened. Uh, during that time, before that time, during that time, and after that time. And I have always um, had a craving for movement in general in my entire life. And it's always been something that has made me feel good. It didn't necessarily have to be making an Olympic team, although I very much wanted to do that. Um, And like I even talked about with this pandemic and not what you expected, um, and this pandemic, like, you know, there's going to be one next year or two years from now. Please, no. Um, but... Don't jinx it, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, during the pandemic that we're facing right now, um, I, um, you know, I, I really, when I didn't make that team in 2016, I really thought about what is the other reason why I need to move my body instead of laying in my bed and crying about what I didn't, you know, get that I really wanted. And I really sacrificed a lot for and fought for again. Um, you know, I was looking for, um, you know, where's that space of joy for me if it isn't for this thing. Um, mm-hmm. and ultimately the answer is I, regardless, as you see now, like, uh, fit, fitness is a part of my life forever because I recognize the mental benefits of it. It isn't an aesthetic thing for me. It isn't, Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be someone's award for me. It's like an award for myself. And so I wanted to bring that to everybody else. And um, in 2016, when I didn't make the team, I quickly, my pivot was uh, my community came through for me. Like they, you know, the run community is so strong and they did come through everybody, the emails. And I actually feel terrible because I don't know, there's goodness, um, too many people to count that I had not been able to respond to. And this is 2016 because I had that much outpouring of love. I have no idea how many people on Twitter, how many people on Mm -hmm. Facebook, how many people emailed me and I got to as many as I could. Um, Mm but that was like the lift up. I almost, and I think I wrote like, thank you to everybody type of thing, but that's like, to me, it doesn't even feel like enough. You know, (laughs) I wanted to like really let people know I really cared about that outpouring of support and you guys lifted me up. And so I started the road to burrito challenge where I was trying to bring everybody in to like, you know, fitness feels good. It doesn't have like, we're not, none of us that are sitting here right now doing this challenge with me are on this team. <laughs> so let's feel good about fitness and let's feel good about the journey getting to cheering on our teammates and still cheering mm-hmm. on our community and 
when great things are, you know, good things that you want don't necessarily happen to you, it doesn't mean that we can't cheer for good things or great things happening for other people in the same realm mm -hmm. that you wanted it. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's just like my own mental practice. And this is how the book came about. I was like, this is great. I love being able to give this community. I want to be able to sit down and give people more challenges that's tangible for them if they ever, when they ever, because it will happen, get in a physical slump that ultimately puts us in a mental slump. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's where the name Feel Good Fitness came from. And it really is, as it says, you know, supposed to be fun workout challenges that inspire your fitness streak. There are going to be some things that you're going to look at and be like, I've never done that before. How do I do that? You know, mm -hmm. or, you know, some things that you might not just really even thought that you would do. Ooh, that's creative. Oh, this is another way to mitigate risks of injury. And, um, you know, just those sort of things I wanted to be able to give to everybody. And I hope that it does do that. I, I, I made mm -hmm. it things like kickstarting your, your running revolution. Oftentimes people ask, how do I even get started? I want to, I just don't know where to, to, to get started in running. What do I do? And so I wanted to give that to everyone in like one chunk, instead of not being able to respond to everybody about, you know, answering mm -hmm. a question singularly for, you know, Samantha, one for, you know, mm -hmm. Sarah, one for Tish, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so I, uh, and then the make it fun series, like I kind of just was bringing into the mental aspect of how to even do it. And it kind of goes in that way. If you look in the chapters, but you can start anywhere within it, wherever you are, you know, but I taught, I, I named the chapters in ways for people to just go back to the North star of just like, uh, this is for me. Yeah, I can do this, you know, fit in, fit in fitness, you know, fit it in. Mm -hmm. So there Alicia, Sarah, yeah. Sarah and I both got copies of the book and, and I, it's so delightful. Um, it's got, yeah. it's got all your energy and joy on, on every page. And, and, um, you know, I, I just, I couldn't help but sit down and read the whole thing and look Yay. at all the fun pictures. Um, and, uh, um, it, it really, I think Sarah's right when she says it's a great thing for right now because it gives people inspiration. And as you say, you can drop in, in, in any place in the, in the book and, and find mm. some inspiration for your next workout. And you inspired me. I went to the track yesterday yes. and did some strides. Uh, yes. And so, <laughs> you know, it inspired me to change it up a little bit. So, but here's something I'm, I know that our listeners, mm -hmm. so like you, our, a lot of our listeners have got you know, a house full of small children and, and mm. uh, work and spouses and dealing with everything. So what's, what would you say is a favorite workout that gets the most bang for the buck time-wise? So like, what's the most efficient workout you would recommend for someone who's juggling a lot of things? Mm, I would definitely say fit and fitness. It's specifically for that. Um, you know, and it's, it says that even in the beginning, I think I talk about, um, I'm trying to remember my own words, but just it's for the realest of humans. <laughs> Use that word on purpose. <laughs> I want to, I want when people read this book that, you know, read the precursors to the workout so they feel like they're talking to me because I am talking mm -hmm. to you. I want us to be together in this. And so, um, you know, I, I talk about it for like a hustle. It's for the juggle. It's for the one, the people who put themselves every, at the bottom, you know, <laughs> and by the way, that's a lot of us. Um, oh, yeah. and so I would definitely say chapter three fit and fitness would be for the juggle, the struggle for right now to give you, um, you know, something to look towards that you is very tangible that you can do. The workouts are 15 minutes. You know, mm -hmm. if you really feel like you have another 30, it's about 15 minutes, obviously, you know, 
snacks and stuff might happen. <laughs> Which drags that out, you know that. But it's things where you can feel accomplished even with interruptions and pauses and mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's so important to have that sense that you've crossed something off your own to-do list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and um, definitely workouts are um, a good way to do that. Um, so, but during this, you know, time, um, of troubles, um, you know, it can be tough to, to stay or get motivated. Do you have any tips for, um, for that? Yes. Um, again, you know, I, this book, I'm going to keep going back to my book really quick. The mm-hmm. affirmations, I have affirmations in there. We call it our flower power. Um, mm-hmm. you know, motivation will wane, but mm-hmm. I think it's really important for us to get that good old pen and paper and write down your goals. You're allowed to have them, you know, take mm-hmm. down take time to write down your truths, remember them, you know? Um, And why I say remember them is writing them down allows you to remember them because our brains Mm -hmm. get so foggy with so much going on and so much to remember to do. And, you know, hopefully it's become, you know, second nature for people to wash their hands and cover their mouths with the crook of their elbow, but, (laughs) and wear your mask. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are other things, again, people's, you know, for me in particular, starting school, scheduling all of the things I need to do for work, you know, um, all my partnerships and mother, you know, my organization, um, everything, all the things with that. I don't need to list all the things, but there's a lot, by the way. Um, You know, making sure that I'm taking care of myself which is, again, I am at the bottom of the list in a lot of ways. Um, And I know it's important for me to put my oxygen mask on first. Again, Mm -hmm. for me, I need to write down my truths and make sure these are reminders for me to be true to myself and to also check off the things that I have been able to overcome and accomplish and be my own super like cheerleader. I think that mm-hmm. people forget that they need to be their cheerleaders. Write down your affirmations. It's all good. You know, I think we've been in a society where people have told us to be like, um, that we, you know, don't cheer for yourself. Don't list off the things that you've been able to do. Yeah, no, actually I'm telling you, or list off all the things that you do. Pump yourself mm-hmm. up, you know, and mm-hmm. when you can see that, it gives you a, that motivation factor. It's like, actually, yeah, that was hard. I wrote down all the things that were hard, but look at what I did overcome. Look at what I did achieve. I can do this. Tomorrow's another day and I'm going to go for it again. Mm-hmm. It is motivating to see, to see what you've accomplished. Um, and you're checking off a lot of things on your list every day. And you mentioned one of the things, uh, which is, um, and mother. Uh, mm-hmm. So can you tell us, for those of us who don't know, tell us about the organization's mission and how you're moving towards those goals? Okay. So, and mother, you know, our mission in a nutshell is truly to break down barriers that limit a woman's choice. Now that's huge. A woman's choice to choose career and motherhood. Um, And that is just like, it's it's crazy because that should just be the most, it's the most basic ask, (laughs) (laughs) you know, don't choose for me. Stop creating barriers that makes this difficult for me. So you know, our goal is to be able to um, create space for women to, for, to in, and lead by example, you know, for women to really see and be able to share their stories, um, you know, of being a visible body in an industry, in a space, and then ultimately us being able to use our voice, share our stories, speak up, 
people who thought that they, maybe I wouldn't be able to do this can see, okay, this is possible for me. It doesn't even mean like, you know, me being a professional runner, I have to be a professional runner to see I can, that's, you know, that's what I'm going to do. It's like, you can totally see this person pushing through and doing this and know like, okay, I can do hard things too. However, mm -hmm. her sharing her story lets me know that that's ridiculous. And I also feel like in my industry, this is ridiculous too. Let's, let's fight against the status quo. Let's push the stat, push up against the status quo and let's change it. Let's, let's shift the paradigm. And, um, so with Anne mother, you know, it's, I'm, it's co-founded with uh, scientist Molly Dickens and, you know, she, same thing in the tech field, you know, she's met with so many challenges that have been set up for men to thrive and for women to basically take a nosedive when it comes to um, per really pursuing and thriving. Those are the two words that are, you know, a, a woman's choice and um, not only pursuing, but also thriving within their career. So uh, we are asking for everyone that is listening or, you know, has, um, the capacity to take a look over at andmother.org, check out our mission statement, um, donate to the cause, recognize that this is ultimately going to benefit women across the board in all industries. And, you know, we want to be able to set up events where we can empower one another. We want to be able to, um, you know, stand up to, well, I, I don't want to give away too much, but we want to be able to stand up to some races and say, hey, dude, where are the lactation pods? Uh, mm. Can you insert this here? Hey, by the way, you know, this isn't allowing for this woman here to be able to do her job well. Have you thought about X, Y, and Z? And that's what our mission is. Like we, that's what we're going to be doing. And we're going to be fighting for our moms to thrive in their careers and in motherhood. We don't want them to have these babies as well. And then you know, not have an opportunity to be with them, to support them, to have their children see them, um, you know, succeed. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing us like, you know, thrown into these positions that again, have been set up for men to thrive. And when a woman decides that she is going to also pursue family within her career, it's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa by the way, one or the other lady, because this is not set up for that. This, you know, it's like, well, why don't you set it up like that for this? So yeah. I get very yeah. passionate when I talk about it, but, but there's a <laughs> lot to, um, to say about the ins and outs and the inner workings and some of the things that we're really um, excited about. Um, we've had a huge pivot as everybody has with our plans for this year, <laughs> which just makes me laugh, but we're not, we're not, um, this is not flight mode. This is fight mode. So, um, we're still here. You're not getting rid of the moms. You're not getting rid of the moms who want career and to, uh, have motherhood. So we're here and, uh, we hope that you'll be here with us and that you'll support us and that you'll donate to the cause and you'll come along to the events that we end up, um, hosting and, um, yeah, support us. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, if you, if you took out all the working moms out of the economy, you know, it would just fall, um, you know, in tatters around our ears. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. So 
So Alicia, one of the many things that uh, I adore about you is that you really keep it real. Like yesterday you posted a photo of you vacuuming while holding <laughs> Lennox and with your nursing bra on display. Um, so, Shapewear and... <laughs> um, but you have a lovely fireplace in your home. That was very pretty. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so so if, if ever there was a unique time to be a working mother, I would um, think um, that this would have to be it. Uh-huh. Um, and especially you alluded to the challenges of distance learning, you know, you trying to get a kindergartner ready for first grade. And so, so what lessons have you learned during the lockdown about juggling myriad demands? Oh my gosh, have I learned? This is so funny when things are hard and, you know, it's kind of thrown on us. It's like, we do have lessons to learn, but then there's other things that I think about, uh, like that are kind of overarching my problem. That's just like, why when things get hard do we make them harder that's the Mm. thing i was getting so confused about it felt like and i know you know everybody was had to pivot and so all of a sudden it's like ah i know we had a plan for this but now we have to have a plan for this (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i just felt like things got extra hard i just think like you know, okay, we've got to pivot. Now we're doing distance learning. It's March. I just felt like, okay, but why is distance learning for kindergarten? At first, like, it was like, yeah, okay, oh my God, yeah, we have to do this. For kindergarten, why are we, it was a struggle. Like, why are we making a three-hour curriculum for parents to do mm-hmm. when we also have to work? I feel like there's mm-hmm. another way to make this, like, easier. I feel like we have to think of, not even the word easier, just make it manageable, make it sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing that we're talking about with, with you know, allowing for moms to thrive in career and motherhood. We're not looking for a free pass to just like, you know, (laughs) just book the hours. uh, Trust me. uh, You know, like we want to contribute and we want to be happy about our work too. But at the same time, like, why can't we make this something where we can talk about making this sustainable for everybody? Why is it this add on of stress? Why do we do this? And so Mm. I kind of thought about, and I haven't got there until like really, I don't know. I think, I think Sarah, when you emailed me, I was getting ready to take my first vacation. And I was like two Mm. weeks before that, where I was like, no, I have to say no. I have to say no. The thing, the hard part for me in saying no is I work for myself and everybody who works for themselves Mm -hmm. knows that that's actually, it's not that feasible to really just say, you say no. Sometimes I'm like, I gotta say yes a lot actually. And I do want the yeses. I do want those opportunities, Mm -hmm. but there are some things where your no can turn into a no how about later? Mm, um, mm-hmm. And just like, I think in this time, people being a little bit more flexible in a no, how about later or not now, how about later? And like, it, there's so much urgency in our society and the way that people operate and the way people work. And it's even been ingrained in me, you know, like this urgency, like now, 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 you know, this is the time that we have. Time is not forever. It goes, we must go. And they ask my husband, I totally talk like that. <laughs> um, but then I'm like, this is so hard right now. Can we kind of ease up on the time going? We need to be able to survive this. And so I think the lesson that I can, if I turn it back to me, can really learn is it's okay to say no, not later. And no, not now. Sorry. Um, can we do this later? And I feel like there's a piece of me that I've learned. Um, I'm definitely, I wouldn't have ever described myself as a people pleaser. I definitely um, believe in standing up for what's right. And I don't think that belongs in the position of pleasing because that would mean, yes, 
yes, sir, I definitely will, you know, not do that. I will not return. I will return to work two weeks after mm -hmm. having my baby. Like that's like pleasing to me. I feel like there's another word for how I can be, which is like, um, like, and this is what I, why I talk openly on Instagram and, you know, social media where people follow me about like the things that are not perfect because I, I really do want to fight against people thinking that they have to make it look seamless. And even still, mm -hmm. I know that Instagram is a very difficult place to not make it look seamless. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's just like, I, you know, I don't first think about snapping a photo of me crying uh, <laughs> when I'm having those moments. And so I think the known no, not now has been what I have to recognize and that everybody, I think sometimes I think that everybody is waiting for me to, um, not like my own fault is that sometimes, and I know it's not just me. Sometimes I think that if I say no to this right now, I'm going to lose out on this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like, I think mm -hmm. it's this idea that people are, well, if you say no to this, you're going to fail and people are not going to want you later if you don't do this now. But it's also been, um, it actually has proven itself true in my career and the way things have gone. Like I've had to almost ad like adapt in a way where I have to say yes, even when things are not particularly healthy for me to say yes to that right now because my opportunities have been fewer because of, you know, what we know, being black in America. Um, my opportunities have been fewer because of being a woman. My opportunities have been fewer mm -hmm. because of being a mom. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't actually don't, now that I'm rambling, I actually don't know that I have a solution to my problem. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I was listening to you talk about this and, and you know, I'm thinking about you, you have to give yourself permission to say no because you have to trust yes. that you're going to have another opportunity. Another opportunity, yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes that's not going to come off and mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to trust that, okay, things will work out if we don't have this exact opportunity totally. again. Um, and that's totally. so, it's so hard to, to deal with in the moment. And you mm -hmm. just mentioned something. So we, here we are, you know, we, we've got all this stuff happening in all of our lives right now, um, like layered over everything we're talking about, the pandemic and babies and career um, pressures and, and also the sort of reinvigorated conversation and movement for uh, racial and social um, uh, equity. Mm -hmm. striving for it, right? Um, striving for getting past systemic racial injustice and mm -hmm. the reinvigorated conversation around that topic. So I'm wondering if you can talk with us a little bit about, you know, what that's been like for you as mm -hmm. a, a black runner and mother. Um, you mean going through this time with the, you know, awakening or um, my... <laughs> 34 years of life <laughs> well we it could be or my whole, five years whole. six years of motherhood <laughs> it could be the whole podcast right so it could I, be, I, yeah. I guess uh, you know um how, how can you like how, what is well I guess I could ask you like what's the right question to ask you right now so like what does this feel like you right now today mm-hmm <sighs> um I think part of the break that I just took when um you know, Sarah and I had scheduled and I went missing, <laughs> um, is what I feel right now today. I felt a overwhelming 
just, I don't know, it was just kind of like, I just felt overwhelmed. Um, if overwhelmed doesn't even seem like the word I should use for, and relief at the same time, which is just, mm. I'm sure there's a word for that. I've got to Google, like, <laughs> well, I think there maybe a computer. <laughs> What's know? the word for overwhelming and relief at the same time? <laughs> um, um, and the reason I, I say that, word. Yeah. the reason I say that is because um, in my body, I have been in it for 34 years and I have experienced a lot in this body that I have been so amazingly born into and feeling um, a, a, a sense of, um, you know, W.E.B. Du Bois. You can totally look it up, everybody. D-U-B-O-I-S. He mm-hmm. has, he's talked about this double consciousness of being a black person in America. And it's like this, and, and then again, Sterling Brown, who is one of the stars on This, uh, this Is Us, had also mm-hmm. talked about once uh, when Ahmad Arbery was killed, he talked about the mask and what this mask was representing. It's like, you know, we've been living in this, this world before this pandemic that, and all this stuff is sort of metaphorical for us where you've been wearing a mask for a really long time where you're not fully able to like allow for people to see, you know, your expression and which is what we've been stuffing inside of us. Just put the mask on for white America to be able to digest you, for you to be palatable and you feel and you know all of these things that are happening that are unjust against you. However, you know, going through your life experience and maybe expressing it one, two, three times has had you met with met with people that dismiss it or tell you you're pulling the race card that ultimately lets you know that your feelings and your thoughts and your experience is invalid. And where you are, again, walking through a, all the spaces and your places of representation are like nowhere. And you're, I mean, I know people who follow me on Instagram have seen me with my daughter be like, Target, like, where is this shirt? Why isn't this there a black person within this sea of beautiful other, you know, people that exist in this world? Like, why does this not feel like this is something that you should have on a shirt? Um, and not talking about Target specifically, but be, having gone mm-hmm. to Target, um, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, the shows and being like, why are we not superheroes in this, in this context? Why are we not superheroes in this movie? You know, why are we not the lead in this movie? And like, that's been my experience and like talking about it and expressing it and growing up in a predominantly white area and being the other, the other, the other, and sometimes the, the non-existent. Um, and it's been overwhelming and it's been frustrating and I've been living it and I've been living and I've been living this life of having to be okay with it and not being okay with it at the same time. And, um, so why I say like, oh, like relief is because, wow, I can finally say this. I'm saying this on a podcast where otherwise I probably would have left it out because I don't, I've been living in this world where I've, oh man, I'm going to make my white friends and my white counterparts feel uncomfortable if I talk about race again, because it's everywhere Mm -hmm. and it has been everywhere. And just to be able to express guys, it's systemic. It's there. We have implicit bias. You have implicit bias. And it's been nasty and it's intrusive and it's insidious and it is not allowing for myself, my family and my people to thrive. And, you know, I want us to go back and look at history and look 
and think, why have we been celebrating history in a way where there have been no black people who have been very few, sorry, somebody's going to come through and say, actually, you know, what I mean is very few black people who have been celebrated in the building of this country and, you know, and in inventions and in the progress in medicine. And like, what do you think? You know, you really think that black people don't expect, exist in these spaces, but then you come to find out that people haven't even thought that, oh my gosh, there are no black, brown, indigenous people in these spaces. And so the relief of people paying attention is what I feel. And then comes the overwhelmingness where I do feel this overwhelming, um, I feel this overwhelming feeling of joy, of excitement, of sadness, of, you know, work to do, of, you know, of exposure, you know, like where now everyone's, you know, which is beautiful, my blackness being exposed, but everybody's so hyper aware of my blackness when I'm walking through a space. And now almost worried sometimes of, and just sharing this openly and truthfully, you know, um, you still want me because I'm smart and I'm brilliant and I'm strong and I'm inspiring, not just because you're filling a check or, or, or filling a space of a black body so people can see, ah, oh, you know, look, we are diverse too. And then now all of a sudden also having the responsibility of educating everybody when in turn we should be all educating ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. and that's been overwhelming. I felt like I had this huge shift of, everybody asking me, you know, what they should look out for and what they should do. And while I appreciate being included in the conversation and I by no means am saying, leave me out of the conversations, it was just so overwhelming. And all of a sudden, all of my hustle and struggle and things that I've actually broken through to do to like put that aside to again, you know, help everybody else in a space where they kind of need to help themselves help us. Sure, it's like, I, I gotta imagine it, yeah. it. It's exhausting, right? It's exhausting, exhausting. to have mm -hmm. to say, "Okay, now I've got to bring you people up to speed." Right, right. And I've been trying to already. This is could have been, you know, the way we handle um, the institution of learning. You know, where it's like, "Here's your first course," uh, <laughs> you know, and you have to go through kindergarten all the way through graduation. And instead, it's like this crash course, and I'm all of a sudden the teacher when I've been trying to, to have this conversation. So again, where I go back to not now, later, it means that I want to, I, we all need to graduate. We all need to graduate. I need, I do think this is a group project. I want for people to be able to feel open about asking about my experience. That's what I do. I do want that, but I want people to know, Hey, your awakening isn't my awakening. Mm -hmm. Be mindful of my, my body be mindful of my mind, be mindful of my emotions as we enter into this beautiful place of, um, you know, again, awakening. Because if you guys haven't heard the word woke, it's a word for a reason. You know, we use it because we're like, stay woke. We're like, this has been real for us for a really long time. And we, this is an awakening for a lot of people. And we want you to be woke. We want you to stay woke. But part of that being woke means looking at your black indigenous and people of color recognizing this struggle has been their entire life mm -hmm. and it isn't one that now that you feel the struggle and you recognize the struggle that you should add more struggle to it mm -hmm. well thank you thank you so much for for sharing that and for um yeah for sharing that um i can't think of a better note to end on than that um 
Alicia, it is always a joy to talk with you. So um, thank you. And um, we, I hope you come back on for fourth, fifth, and, and many more. Okay, but I won't, I won't make a habit to come on after having children. So this is like it, uh, by the grace of uh, modern medicine. <laughs> I told myself I wasn't going to ask you that because I did see one place. I'm like, you said, oh, here's our completed family. Yes. And I'm like, okay, three. three yeah, three I, yeah, the th three is good. Like this is our, you know, we... We've always kind of talked about having three kids, didn't know how possible that was going to be with uh, what I want to be doing with my career and with my body and, you know, knowing that my body's my business, but also it's the one that's going to bring our kids here. Obviously, there's other ways to do that. Some are a little bit more expensive than others. Uh, <laughs> so all the things to think about. And, um, you know, I really just, uh, you know, I, I never wanted for my career to determine my family and my happiness. And so I'm really yeah. happy that, you know, we did decide to go for three and uh, it feels complete to us. It's what we thought that we could do too. We would have been okay with, but it never felt right. Um, and mm -hmm. then that was probably the best thing that did happen with these ridiculous companies deciding that motherhood, you should probably just focus on motherhood or like, or whatever <laughs> the whole stigma is behind becoming a mom and pursuing a career, especially as a career uh, in a career path where, uh, you know, your body is your business. It kind of was mm -hmm. like, okay, well, no one's paying me to run right now. I'm still doing it and I'm doing it really fast. And I was able mm -hmm. to just before, well, actually I was probably just very newly pregnant with Lennox, meaning like, you know, four weeks or something when I competed at, uh, Oxy last year. And I mm. paced, I paced uh, an 800. I paced them through, I think 128 or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow. I can actually finish. But I don't really know the <laughs> rules on pacing because usually I'm not. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to finish this. Um, and yeah, so in the, the fact that I wasn't being paid was like, yeah, let's do number, let's do number, uh, number three. If I had to pick yeah. knowing the journey that I've been on with, Olympic teams and medals that you earned that you never got that they decided that you can have later. Um, mm -hmm. it, it just had, it had its own awakening for me in, you know, making sure that I stick to my North star and that I don't allow other people to dictate what is going to be my life and, uh, what I'm able to do with my life and the things that I'm going to be able to succeed in my life. And, and the things that I add to it are my mm -hmm. choice. And mm -hmm. we ask for support and we hope that people will help us. Um, and yeah, here I am happy with my, with my three little babes and, mm -hmm. you know, they're so sweet together. I think it's just been the best oh. decision ever. Oh, I mean, I just, I honestly seeing, seeing your family on Instagram, it's <laughs> just so beautiful. And oh my gosh, I just want to reach into the computer and just, you know, squeeze, I particularly want to um, squeeze Aster. Oh he just there's something about yes, and he is he is the love. Linnea calls him the love baby. He's so <laughs> he's such he's so loving. This pandemic, this pandemic. I'm saying it again. Uh, this ridiculous <laughs> COVID has been so hard for me as a mom to watch Aster go through because he's like, I love people. What's going on? Uh, you know, yeah. like he will go up to you and he would give you the biggest hug. He will make you feel like your day is, you've just, your day is complete. Like, ah, uh, Aster 
loves me and he does he loves people so much so that's probably why you feel that because he's oh, just, I do. Uh, it just comes through <laughs> and i just oh my gosh yeah <laughs> yes that's after it's very it makes sense that you would feel that because it's it, that's him in a nutshell oh, oh please yesterday i was like what is it about a middle child like <laughs> That's this thing about my Probably friend Katie's that. middle child. I'm just like, oh, there's something about them. So Probably is that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, I hope uh, he feels wrapped in love like that forever. And, um, oh you know, God. especially knowing the stigmas with middle children and, you know, things could be like, no, I'm trying my best. I hope everybody can like, have enough love to go around. Also, why I can't have any more kids. <laughs> I want to make sure I can distribute. <laughs> oh, I th I think you have um, bottomless supplies of love oh, and joy you. and strength. So yes. so th so thank you for sharing part oh, of those qualities with us. Thank you guys today. so much. Thank, thank you, you for having me on. I really appreciate that, and I thank you so much for even sharing my book, Feel Good Fitness. I hope everybody yeah. listening will you know pick it up and feel inspired yeah. by going through the pages. Um, fun fact: I was. Mm -hmm. 12 weeks pregnant with mm. Lennox with those photos, which is so funny because oh. I'm like looking for like, I definitely felt like I was showing much quicker. And, um, oh. you know, my publisher was like, oh, we're thinking about pushing the photo shoot out a month. I was like, okay, so this, now this time I'm going to let you know, I, maybe we can't do that because this is not a pregnancy book. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, we shot that and it was a two day shoot. It was like eight hours on, on set. Oh. And we literally went through all those exercises. Wow. In wow. Those, yeah. And it was exhausting. They were, they, they were great. Um, my publisher was great. And the photographer was great. And me being like, I at least need to go home and nap for an hour. And <laughs> You know, and so I did. I did that both those days. Um, so yeah, that's a fun fact about the book. And oh. um, yeah, I hope you guys will also, you know, come listen to me and my co-host Molly Huddle and Roisin McGettigan on Keeping Track Podcast, where we are talking about yeah. um, issues within women's sports. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't get shared mm -hmm. enough. Our stories don't get shared enough. And when they get shared, it's like, let's see how you know naked we can make her and mm -hmm. forget about her accomplishments, just how does she appear to us? Mm -hmm. um, and we, we want to break down those barriers for women's stories and sports to be told through and through, um, however mm -hmm. they exist, and um, for them not to be, you know, left out or left the story to be left to be told by men who don't understand our experience. And then lastly, of course, mm -hmm. and Mother, um, and Mother Foundation, come through, support the moms, allow for um, you know, your economy thrives because of people and people would not exist if it wasn't for the moms and moms don't mm -hmm. stop being who they are because they also have chosen motherhood. And that means that some of us, you know, will want to continue in a career path. And some of us, you know, the point is the po choice. Some of us would want to just, uh, you know, not just, oh my gosh, let me not say that because I do have a problem to say that. Um, some of us will want to hunker down and do motherhood for a period of time and then transfer into something else, but allow for us to choose. And in order mm -hmm. for us to even break down those barriers and to continue this conversation, we do need to be able to, um, you know, be able to be funded in order to, to support that mission. And so, um, andmother.org is a place where you can go do that. And, um, yeah, again, thank mm -hmm. you guys so much. Oh yeah, and we will we will link to all all your goodness. Yeah, thank you. On the, <laughs> yes, in the show notes and everything. So, thank um, you. T 
take good care. Keep the wonderful pictures coming because it puts a, puts a smile on our faces. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Oh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, I just, I just adore her so much. She gets so oh much energy. God. She's so awesome. <laughs> she is. She's she inspiring is. mother runner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And just 34. I oh my know. goodness. Like, oh wow. <laughs> She's got so many yeses ahead of her. She can say no every now and then. It's gonna be fine. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, one thing people should say yes to is our summer giveaway. We have the massive summer giveaway. It has Topo Athletic shoes, a super generous gift card from Handful Bras, Gooder sunglasses, because you know we love them, uh, loads of Noon and Goo products, Nathan Hydration Pack, registration for our Love the Run You're With 2.0, and more. There is one grand prize winner and two runners-up. It's so awesome. You can find all the details and register at anothermotherrunner.com slash summer hyphen essentials hyphen giveaway, or hey, just go to anothermotherrunner.com and search for summer essentials giveaway and um, enter by end of day, July 26, 2020. That's Sunday, July 26 at anothermotherrunner.com for our summer essentials giveaway. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. It's so funny because I'm in the middle of a photo shoot right now. Oh. I, uh, <laughs> and I think I told you that. I think I was like, oh, shoot. You know, there's a, there was a photo shoot yeah. that was happening from 9 to yeah. 12 and they just got back to me. I was waiting on. <laughs> That's why this was pushed. And so I was like, okay. I mean, it's longer than 9 to 12, but I said, oh, I was like, you know, can we take a break? Because I did tell um, <laughs> another mother podcast that I could do it on Wednesday and I don't want to push it back. So they're like, okay, we'll do nine to 12. So I nursed Lennox at eight, dropped my kids off uh, with the help of my husband, by the way, he exists, everybody, um, you know, to my kids off at uh, camp. They're in a, uh-huh. they're in a, a pod camp. There's six. Oh, nice. Kids. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And, um, and my, then they're like the photo, the first location of the photo shoot is where the camp is. It's this outdoor camp in like the forest. And I was like, oh, oh awesome. great. Hopefully we don't run into Astro because this is going to mess everything up. We did <laughs> right, it. Right. They, we totally avoided that. And then I came back to the, my, the house, the backyard. They did a socially distanced shoot. And then mm-hmm. my husband's like making me a meal. And then I came at 12, I went and nursed Lennox and then came back out, did a little bit of extra shots with, for their shoot, came in. <laughs> and now I'm talking to you guys and I have to go back and pick up my kids at two. <laughs> And then finish yeah, the see, shoot. But, but we got you. I got you eight minutes. I bought you, you eight minutes. You yeah, did. you did. And now I'm talking your ear off with those eight minutes. I'm going to no. fork this sandwich my husband just brought me. But it's a production, and it is very fun to like know you're working hard towards the things that you want. Yeah, I know. I know what the podcast is done. It is. It is true. But at the same time, when things are overwhelming, it's okay to. I just want it to be okay to say, yeah. not now. Like sometimes it just feels like, and I think you guys can maybe feel this too. Um, Mm -hmm. oh shoot. Like I am working hard. I'm not lazy. I am, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And Mm -hmm. I don't want you to think I'm saying no forever. I just like this happened to really build up for me at this moment. Yeah. You know? Yep. 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 We'll always feel free to say no, not now (laughs) later to us. The next time I ask you to be on the podcast. Oh, perfect. 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 Yeah. All right. All right. right. Talk soon. Bye.